0: The following audio is from Heritage Christian Fellowship. More information about Heritage Christian Fellowship is available at heritagefellowship.net.
1: I'm called Sharon Nagyko, from Oasis of Hope, I live in this neighborhood. I love people, I love like people all of them, I love these guys cause really, first of all that really touched my heart is that they left their country and they came all the way here just for us. Wow, that's love. That was... <laughs> of you know me as Deborah. Uh, I'm one of the children that you helped. Uh, This is Happy from Barara Oasis of Hope Church family. I'm so grateful for your support. The help came in and it helped me so much, so much. And I really appreciate so much. When you came into my life, you took me back to school. I started schooling. I'm so grateful for your support and your love and your prayers. part of the pastor conference is amazing especially to see how to uh, to teach and preach the gospel it's, yeah, it's something that we need as a church uh, to know what is the true gospel and uh, that, that from there we can know and we can we can, we can preach uh, to the probe and then people many people can be blessed. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for supporting me, for praying for me. I love you. We are Oasis of Church in Uganda. We are Oasis of Church. We are Oasis of Hope. And we love you so much. Healthy Church. God bless.
0: Mm, amen. Amen. It uh, 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 gets me every time. Oh, man, it's good to see you guys. Uh, we just got in from Uganda yesterday. Um, the team landed about 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. So I, I'm kind of in a fog, I have to admit, this morning. I don't even know what day it is at the moment right now. Um, but man, I miss those people. You guys, th- this, is, this was maybe, and no offense to anyone here who's been on any of our previous trips, but this was probably my favorite trip to Uganda that we've ever done. It was the busiest, in some ways it was the most hectic, um, but it was probably the most fruitful and special time that I've even had. Some people from last service were asking, like, that video. Richard Templeton did that video for us on the airplane. Richard, give it up for Richard right here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> While we were, uh, while the rest of us were asleep on the plane, he was working, so thank you for that, Richard. People ask, like, so what did you guys do? Did you just get, like, some stock footage or something like that for that lion? I'm like, no, we actually filmed that. It was an amazing thing. Poor Richard, we tied a stake around his ankle and just sent him walking through the woods, and next thing we know, the lion came. So, uh, um, But, man, it was just a special trip. And uh, I hope you guys saw some of the, the people in the videos, some of the kids that we've been supporting through the years, and the testimony of the things that we've discovered that have happened through the years because of our support there, it's amazing. And the one thing that they want you to know more than anything is just the deep, sincere, and real love that they have for this church from over there. Like, you guys don't understand. They love you guys so much, and they're so grateful for our partnership. And I. I, I, I don't really even know where to start, or to even to, to, how even to, even to start to express how much that they love you guys, so probably the easiest thing to do would just be have John tell you himself. Will you guys give it up? Pastor John Wabwire from Oasis of Hope in Uganda.
1: <laughs> Woo!
0: <laughs> yeah. Come on, you guys saw how they greeted me. Let's give it up. What's up, man? You want to open us in prayer? And uh, give, you got to do like you did last service. Give them a little gospel style, like Ugandan style. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Show them how you preach, man.
1: <laughs> I greet you this morning in the name of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> ah, Today is wonderful to have you today. This is a great service we are having today. And I believe God is going to move like never before. I want to tell you, as it is written in the book of John 16, uh, chapter three, sixteen, where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes uh, should not perish, but have everlasting life. But God did not send his child to, to come into the world and condemn the world, but through him that it may be saved.
0: Hallelujah.
1: <laughs> Amen. The Lord Jesus loves us so much, <laughs> and that's why he came. This was a plan of God that he may come and die for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Shout hallelujah. Clap for the Amen. Lord. Oh. The Lord is with us, and he loves us so much. Oh. That's great.
0: May the Lord bless you. Amen. Amen. Have a seat, man. <sighs> yeah, so uh, we're not going to do Luke today. Um, I actually prepped a little bit for it. You're probably being spared because it would have stunk. So, um, But last service, we ended up just kind of talking, and then John's going to close up and kind of share with us. But we just wanted to take some opportunity today to introduce you to Oasis of Hope and to the things that are going on over there um, and talk some about even the fruit of the relationship that we've had. If you're new here, um, I met this guy in 2007. And so we've had relationship for going on 12 years now. This was my 10th trip to Uganda this time and John's first trip to the United States. And uh, I don't know, maybe, uh, yeah, and welcome, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I can see that you guys left the heat on for him, so that's awesome. Um, <laughs> John, why don't you tell them a little bit about how we met even and tell them that story about that note.
1: Okay. First of all, I want to thank you for allowing me to come and in your country in the state it has been your effort and i want also to bring the greetings from the church always of hope my family they sent a greeting they loves you so much thank you so much for your labor Uh, as pastor jeff has asked me requested me to tell you the history some of you, I met someone in the first meeting, and he was saying that he saw me. We met when he came in the first time to come to Uganda. And as he was in Uganda, that time he was teaching the book of Romans. Mm-hmm. This book, I loved it so much because I, was, I had taught it also in a certain college. It is the book Romans and Galatians, which I, I, I taught also in Atkem and when he was teaching, and I was listening, then the Lord spoke to me about him, and what the Lord wanted me to do, wanted him to do. Then he took me in the book of Ezekiel, chapter forty-seven, where the Lord was talking about his ministry, how it is going to be. It is going to be a ministry which is going to refresh the ministers, which is going to uh, his ministry is going to teach. Uh, ministers and also to bring restoration into lives of people. As he was showing me, like the river which was flowing into the sea where there was, there was no life huh. and bringing life. And even on the bank, there were fruits, uh, uh, trees with the fruits which are ever, ever there. So that is when we started. And when he went back, after giving him that note, because I refused first of all to give it to him. <laughs> he was a stranger to me, even if we were in the same meeting. I struggled to give him, but the Lord was saying, you give him. And uh, at last I said, No, I will not give it to him. But the Lord said, if you don't give it to him, then my relationship with you is going to it is going to it is not going to work. Then when I heard that I I became what afraid. And I looked at him where he was sitting after the session, we bre- in the break. Mm-hmm. Then I looked at him first, and uh, I stood up. I took the paper, the cheat which I wrote. When he ro- he read it, he looked at me, and I said, "Why? Is it now I'm in danger?"
0: <laughs> but I'm dangerous, man. I'm yeah. dangerous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Whatever come may, I've finished." Then he wrote up and ke- he, he woke up and came to me and said, right here. Because it was the exact thing which was on his heart, I didn't know that he had even uh, uh, some certificates which he was going to give to us, but related to the message which I had given him. Mm-hmm. So he was keeping it for a time that after we have finished, then he will give it out. But because of that, he did not bear to keep it and he showed us what was on the certificate and what exactly what the message was saying. Ah. And that's when our relationship started. He said, I'm going, but soon we shall meet. I p- pray for me. I prayed for him. And after two years, he told me all about what, how he had started a work and how it is like just the same as the message was. And he uh-huh. said that I, I want to come over there. That's how we started. Uh-huh. Year by year from that time, he has been visiting us. Uh-huh. And that has been your labor. Uh-huh. He has been coming in with new faces from your church year by year. And they have shown to us love and care uh-huh. whenever they could come over. You people have been loved so much with your church. I can't express it, but it is real love. Because love which goes with action, it shows real love of Christ. Uh We have seen the real gospel through you people. Uh Some of you, you don't know what is going on in Africa. People are struggling there. People are suffering. People lack a lot. People are sick. People are financially poor. They can't make it to take their children at school. And even maybe when they tried, they fail somewhere. But through always through you, something is being done. I want to say thank you so much. Thank you so much. There's a lot to talk. There's a lot to say. But one thing, what I've seen, is
0: love. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> yeah. We should. We should tell them the rules. Like, you're used to people talking back to you during sermons over and over and over. So the more you guys talk back to him, the better he'll be. Just saying. Okay? Mm-hmm. we got to make him feel at home. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's Amen. good. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, tell us, I mean, ma- maybe tell us about Oasis of Hope and the church and the people and, and even how they view maybe, maybe these guys.
1: Oh, Oasis of Hope, uh, as I've told you about our relationship when this church came over, met us when we were struggling. At that time, we didn't have a, a building, and uh, we didn't even have enough support, financial support, through the tithe and offering what we were giving. But when this church came over, the ministers of this church came over, they decided to take over some of the bills. And they kept on paying our bills, like uh, in the area, in church, uh, the church, and where I was staying behind because it was joined. I had a small room, uh, two rooms behind. Right, where right I behind I, the church building, uh, that's yes, where you were living. This where I was yeah. living. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, also some other two rooms, three rooms for the children who are with me because I had extended family because of the church. Uh People who are running, people who had nowhere to stay, they could stay there. So when this church came in, supported us that we continued in such an environment, Uh supporting us for those bills, and even caring for one of my leader, which I was not able, paying his house rent, Uh yeah johnson
0: johnson who also tried to get a visa but unfortunately his visa got denied and John's got accepted so we'll just have to keep working on that so we can bring him back together yeah. next time but yes
1: so that's how we, we continued in that sort of life they came in they trained us they started training us as leaders uh training us in biblical areas whenever they could come over and whenever they could come over we could gather some leaders, feed them through you Uh and also accommodate them through you, transport them in and out through you. Uh That has been our relationship, how it has been taking us. Why all this? Because as you saw the video, some of the people you saw in the church, you'll find that all of them are not well off. They don't have enough resource. The churches they are leading, those leaders are very poor. The, uh, you find that they can't even afford sometimes even to take care of their families. So it could be hard for them to be able even to transport them to the conferences or r- leadership like that. But this is what uh, Heritage Christian Fellowship did. It did not do like any other church which comes from all ministers who come from America to our country with the prosperity gospel of wanting just to take away from the people. Mm. It was a, 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 a church. It is a church which is coming out to give. Amen. And this has encouraged mm-hmm. the church to see life again in the gospel. Mm. Amen. As you know that most of the preachers who are coming from, you, from, from America to the other side, they go with the mentality of giving. I was telling him that there, is a, there are some ministries whereby you will find they send you an envelope with some seeds. They say these are anointed seeds. You, you give to our ministry. We shall pray for you and keep these seeds. You'll be blessed. You'll come out of out of, of poverty. Mm-hmm. Such things of manipulating mm. is not with this ministry. You guys
0: imagine that oh. if we said, "You can have a good seat here at Heritage if you tithe enough." Mm. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the sad thing: life in Uganda is so hard that people are desperate. And so when those messages come in, they flock by the thousands because it's all they know. Um, In town, for example, during our pastor's conference, I was talking about this one church on the other side of town. It's a massive building, just huge building there in Imbarara, and it's a prosperity church. And so I was asking the pastors there as we were training, um, and we were talking about the true gospel and the prosperity gospel and all that kind of stuff. I was asking, I was like, listen, how many people go in and out of that church? And they're like, oh, thousands and thousands of people. And I'm like, "So, so answer this. How many have you ever seen that got rich because they were going to that church ever. How many of those people have you ever seen driving a fancy car? And one of the pastors raised his hand and he goes, I know one person, he's the pastor of that church. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happens over there. And so they're taking from the poor constantly. It's it's heartbreaking to see.
1: Yeah. yeah that's uh, that's why I'm appreciating for the for the for your pastor and the entire church, you are doing great. There is hope in the gospel. Amen. There is Amen. also hope in the living of the people, in the community. Mm-hmm. As I was saying, that when uh, there is a time uh, uh, in, in, in one of the visits, they came to Uganda, and they cared for health. There is that time when you came in with uh, some doctors who went uh, who, who the medical clinic it. right yeah, uh-huh. they cared for the people they treated some sicknesses and it was the first uh, time to see that the drugs were enough and even remained behind uh-huh. because some could come with just a few drugs treat and end up not even l- touching all the people but uh-huh. it was enough everyone was touched That year went by, and people glorified God. Mm. People saw the hope in Mm. this ministry. Another time, there is a time when they came in, and they cared for safe water by giving people filters. We made 50 filters, and we we supplied 50 families, Among uh, 48, together with the two schools, giving them water filters Mm -hmm. so that they may have clean water Mm -hmm. to drink. That is all your labor. Mm -hmm. And that is the gospel you are preaching Mm -hmm. in Uganda. Mm -hmm. That is the gospel you are preaching in Uganda. Mm -hmm. Some of you have never been there, Mm -hmm. but you are doing a great work. You are preaching the gospel. I know you will be there. But this is what I'm telling you. It's very, very. Be careful, water. man.
0: When he tells prophecies, they happen. So you yeah. got to be careful. <laughs> 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 yeah. And, and one of the things he was telling at the last service is that it, it's not just as simple. Like you think, well oh, just boil water. How hard is that? Mm. But you don't, we don't think about this. But boiling water there is expensive. Yes. Because if you don't have property, that means you, you can't just cut down wood. There's not, like, there's not like national forest that you can go get your own firewood. So you either have to buy firewood or buy coals, and they get to a point where many of the families just don't have the money to boil water because that becomes a constant. You're always boiling water, and so people get sick all the time because they just don't. They just drink water that's um, terribly polluted and terribly sick, so it's a big deal. We, yeah. we probably need to do another 50 or sit here pretty maybe, soon. Don't you guys think? Like, we we probably maybe need what to. I will ask you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, How much is 5,000 Ugandan shillings converted to dollars?
0: (laughs) He brags on me because now I know the culture over there, right? Uh, 5,000 Ugandan shillings is about, what, a dollar and a half?
1: Yeah. Could we imagine that there are some families who don't even have that to feed their family for the day? Struggling Mm -hmm. to get that. We are talking about poor. Leave the rich who are in the cities. There are very few people in our nation, mainly those who are in the politics, they are doing very well. So Driving executive cars, eating very well. Their children are being taken to good to schools. But when you talk about them, about the life, they will tell you, we have improved. But for sure, when you get out there, you will find people suffering. There is no that care as it should be with our people Uh just as you look at when we talk about governance that is an important issue whereby governance is not there but only leadership Uh I don't know whether you understand me so there are many things which have not been cared of whereby we as Christians we needed to come over and sh- be the salt and the light of the world.
0: Amen. We got, uh, we got pulled over um, while we were there at one point by the police in Uganda. And our driver, Charles, uh, was driving, so he got pulled over. And the police officer there just said, uh, yeah, you have an unpaid ticket. And it was a ticket he had gotten a year previously with us also. <laughs> and, uh, um, and, but he had actually paid it. And the police officer there was just going, "No, you didn't and they and so they're arguing back and forth and and finally, the police officer just says, "For fifty thousand shillings, i 'll work it out for you and so that happens all the time. Corruption is everywhere. Anyone with power tends to leverage that power to increase their income, and even then, all they're doing is further uh, um, expanding the poverty of the poor who don't have the money. There and so to be able to come in and support the church so that their church can be even as it's named an oasis of hope and be different than everything else that happens there um, is a, a just a huge huge deal and, and you guys have to understand too so first of all I'll will t- tell you this our philosophy there has never been to come in and just write the check okay John can tell you that uh, we we don't just give money even uh, so what was it five years ago or so when we helped you build the church yes they did a building campaign and we did a building campaign and so we worked with them in conjunction to help them build um the orphan support program that we have you guys saw some of the kids in the video who have gone through those are some that have graduated college now and are working they're now actually supporting the church financially which is amazing so justine for example that's in that um she is the first one that we have supported. There's been others. She was the first one that's gone through and graduated college. She got her master's degree. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So when we were there, we walked into the church building um, that I've been to before. And it's, it's except for the actual sanctuary, the other buildings are dirt floors, right? So we go into this one building and I'm like, hey, where did this? this are, there's like this nice, smooth, it's almost like marble looking floor. And I'm like, man, you guys did some work in here. This is nice, John. And he says, no, you know what actually happened? Justine, who you supported, who now has a good job, is supporting the church. And she came and said, I want to donate this. And she put the floor in at that actual church. How amazing is that? How amazing is that, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a great work, as he has said. Look at someone who is coming from such an disadvantaged, disadvantaged home.
0: You should tell her story, by the way.
1: Someone oh, who was a dropout mm-hmm. helped. He met. He, they came in when the church was uh, had supported him, her up to a level, but the church also couldn't continue. And he was a dropout. She told me a story which was so hurting when I, I started with her, she said, Pastor, I want to do all the best to see that I study. There are times when I'm tempted even to go for prostitution that I may get fees and study. But I don't know. Then I encouraged her. I told her that don't go the way other girls have taken, the direction of other girls have taken. Because In our nation, some of them have been taken away because of money, wanting to get what better in life, and enter into into such sexual immorality because of wanting fees. Girl children are very vulnerable because of what is going on. And even, that's why you find that we, many of our girls have ended up marrying to what to muslims because in our nation muslims are doing it as the area of evangelism to get our daughters and they get children out of them that their number the population may grow Uh they are using it too but i said justin hold on wait upon the lord forget all that is going on and that is when heritage came in and started supporting that girl now he's what he's what she, she's what she is as you have heard i want to tell you that knowledge is a power knowledge is a power whether in the spiritual whether in the sexual world when you want to get some powerful people give them knowledge mm-hmm. they will never be the same mm-hmm. so we have with the other two who have been already supported with the what mm-hmm. with the church here they are doing a great work
0: yeah that's emmanuel and vicky some of you guys remember Emmanuel and Vicky, they were here on an exchange programme. They lived with Kathy and Jonathan Johnston. I was and uh, they went to school here at Cascade actually yes. for a year. I yeah.
1: was telling them those who were in the in the first service that uh, how can we really make the church in Uganda to be self supportive, self sustaining. Mm-hmm. The only way is to get out of those people, those children, and educate them. Soon the church will be Mm self-sustaining but if maybe we did the work and left it half quarter three quarters and complete then we will never see the fruits of our labor the fruits of our labor starts from where we have got that person from and take that person at the campus Mm -hmm. that is where our fruits that's where we are going to see our fruits.
0: Let me help you guys out with that. Um, So oftentimes in education programs, if you think of Compassion International or World Vision or some of those kinds of organizations, um, the work they're doing is great, but kids hit a certain point and they age out of the program. Well, in Uganda, by the time you hit 18 or so, when you age out of the program, that's before you go to university. And so here's what ends up happening. If you don't go to university it doesn't make any difference. So you end up no different than everyone else that's there. And in many cases, so we have these kids that go through school programs and they have all this hope and they're just so excited for years working towards this level where they can really make a difference. And then when the program drops them and they can't go to university, in the end, it doesn't make much difference at all. So when we went over there, um, our team, which by the way, the team was awesome awesome. They represented you guys so well. A bunch of, look, I'm just going to do it. If you guys were on this trip in particular, would you guys stand? I know you guys are all here, um, unless you're home asleep. Yeah, these guys right here. Yeah. These guys represented you so, so well. And while, we, while we're doing this, stay up. If you've ever been on one of our Uganda trips, would you stand up for us too? Because I know there's others here as well. Vern's here. Andrew, there's some others. Eric in the back. Yeah. <laughs> there's your man right there <laughs> yeah awesome thank you guys um so this team here's what we ended up doing we did a pastor training thing which we'll get to in a minute and so Aaron Beamish uh, and I were teaching at that while we were doing that the rest of this team split up into two groups and they were doing research uh, for the school program that we've been doing and and the two teams had two different goals team one was researching what if we just built a school Just build our own school, and and that way we can take in more and more kids. And on the surface, that seems like, man, that's a great idea. Then we can take in as many as we want. But what we discovered is, not only is it incredibly expensive, not only is the administration level insanely huge. Uh, Honestly, at this particular point, without hiring people in, it would bury Oasis of Hope in terms of the administrative weight. We would have to figure out how to support all of that. But even more... If we do that, then what do we do? Okay, we have a primary school, but what happens after that? Or if we did a high school, what happens after that? Like, how do we support the kids through so that they get to the point that they really need, not drop them at the most crucial time? Because in the end, those last four or five years end up being more important than the first 12. So then the other team, they're looking at how do we expand our sponsorship program? And what we hope to do Um, is increase the, the way that we do that so that each one of you could sponsor a specific kid, get the card with the photos and all that kind of stuff so you can be praying for them, even have the opportunity to go to Uganda on one of our trips and meet that child that you're supporting, but with the goal of supporting that child all the way to the finish line rather than having them age out when they hit 18 when that happens, I mean, right now, three of the biggest supporters that Oasis of Hope has are Justine, Emmanuel, and Vicky, who are the three, three of the kids that we've supported through the education level at that point. And, and in doing that, instead of just writing a check, you're helping Uganda support themselves. Does that make sense? Like, it's, it's working so well so far. And just seeing the testimonies on just this trip this year, we were like, man, this is the way to go. And it, it's just been really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're putting it together right yeah. now. It's coming. <laughs> it's <laughs> coming.
1: <laughs> so that's very, very important, as I said. Then there is also uh, these people, they are asking, you know, when we, they come there, there is a time when they sit together and start, start looking into the achievements. What have they really achieved in this coming then as they were af- making affirmation, <laughs> I told them that your coming is very, very important. To mm. Treat those people's families is a great gospel. Mm. Remember there are poor people who don't, uh, who don't meet up with the, some international people or uh, do what, uh, rub shoulders with the different people. They are in the village. People who think that they are forgo- they are forgotten. Even when they cry, no one is there to answer. But here comes a white person, goes into the village and start relating with him or her. Starting holding her child on the what? On the, on the lap they are looking at a white person, a white lady with a hard child. thinks, "What is this? <laughs> this is great. Who am I uh-huh. that I may be, I may be so loved like that?" Without any word, the gospel preached through visiting those people. Uh-huh. Could you imagine? And this is what they were doing. Just. Touching them, loving them, speaking to them—it also start, it, is, it brings hope mm. that for sure in Christ there is hope, Amen. There yeah. is love, yeah. there is care, mm. there is someone whom I can share with my weaknesses and my needs, and he can, he can accept me. Mm. I'm acceptable. I still have hope. Amen. Man. That gospel.
0: We would go to these churches and people would go through these elaborate receptions. And uh, um, one time, uh, as we were in the church and everybody's standing and clapping, and it's such an honor society, it's very, um, it's, it makes you very uncomfortable actually because the, you have to sit in the front. People will bring you water, but before handing you the bottle of water, these women will go all the way down to like, till their backside sitting on the floor and then hand you the water. It's, it's unbelievable the, the, the way that culture is. And so we're sitting there in one of the churches and everybody's clapping and singing and Aaron leans over to me, Pastor Aaron, he goes, someone should tell them that we are not that big a deal. <laughs> um, but our visiting these churches actually becomes really, really important because when you go to these villages, and I mean, some of these villages that we're going into, we are the only white people ever, that's been there. And so as that church gathers and the noise gathers and people hear even some of the like the 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 town elders and the town uh like the mayor and people like that are coming into the church that don't go there just to see what's going on. And it what it ends up doing it legitimizes that church in a sense because they go man, there's something special about this place. Why in the world are these muzungus coming here which white it's like honky in Uganda <laughs> like, why why are these muzungus coming all the way over here mm. and it 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 actually um i guess you'd say maybe it's not establishes obviously Jesus does that, but it's like a it, it gives them a, a, i don 't know you tell it you do it better
1: than i do yeah <laughs> it gives them as i said that why these people are here for, uh, when you look into such a communication communication. I know some of you have done communication you know what we are talking of Uh this is a verbal communication Uh where people are seeing you communicating that I love you Uh that's why I've come you are so important that's why I'm here what you are doing is great and it is so awesome that's why I'm here You see, just stepping into someone's home is a respect and honor. That what she or he is doing is great. And now they are saying that for sure, those who are who are laboring in the gospel, they understand that what they are doing, even if they even if they are suffering, but what they are doing is great. To let someone come over and meet me because of the gospel. And the people around, when they look at it, those who are not respecting, they start saying, yeah, maybe what he's saying is true. Jesus is real now, we see. Mm. If he can bring, Jesus can touch some people to come over here, to this person whom we know. That is Jesus.
0: Mm, Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we should probably talk a little bit about the churches. It's uh, getting harder to be a church yes. in Uganda. Yeah. Uh, when I first started coming over there on the long, 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 long road from Kampala to Imbarara, uh, you would see one or two mosques. Um, now every village you drive through has a mosque. Um, and, and so as the mosques begin growing, something else really bad has taken place. You guys know here, you're no stranger to hearing me go on and on about the prosperity gospel, right? Let me tell you what the prosperity gospel is doing in Uganda. Not only do people come over there to take, but the government has seen it. And now the government's going, hey, this is wrong. These people are coming in, they're taking money from our poor, and then they're leaving. And so there are now, we just found this out, there's new laws on the books now, um, or not on the books, but they're, they've been proposed um, in Uganda that would say, That from now on, you can't plant a church unless you have a uh, um, permanent structure, permanent building, which is huge. Uh, I mean, a massive hurdle to Ugandan. And then also, the pastor must have been through a formal, educated training program in order to plant a church. Well, what, that's, that's going to cripple the church and planning for these guys. To
1: declare, he has to declare his source of income.
0: Yeah, then they have to expose to the government all the money that comes in, which will inevitably lead to more taxes and, and all of that kind of stuff over there as well. Um, it's getting actually harder and harder. So um, and elders, don't freak out on me. We'll talk. But, <laughs> but um, I started thinking maybe that whole vision of one day having a school, maybe it's actually a pastor's school. Because if that law passes, they're going to need places for some of these pastors to go through formal training so that they can keep planting churches. And and the heartbreaking thing is, not only is the prosperity gospel coming in and taking money from the poor in Uganda, but it's now going to make the real gospel even harder to be proclaimed throughout the rest of the country. It is a poisonous, demonic gospel, and this is what Satan wants to accomplish from it. So when we go over there and we do these pastor training, we had, what, 26 churches this yes. time that was there? Mm-hmm. And to be able to teach this stuff is so important for us to be able to do. Um, so important. Um, and and I, I have to remind, uh, I remind myself to say this, too. One of the churches we went to, I get, I get to tease you now, right? <laughs> okay, so last year, we were about to leave, and we had done a pastor training thing. And all these Ugandan pastors came in. And the next day we were supposed to drive from Imbarara back to Kampala where we had meetings scheduled with some um, Acts 29 Ugandan pastors in Kampala. And so we're closing up our time in Imbarara and me and Pastor Sam are teaching and everything. And and John brings up these pastors from a church called Masaka. It's kind of right, about halfway between Imbarara and Kampala. It's like a fishing village there where they sell tilapia that they get from these farms and from this lake. And these pastors are there and they're saying, Pastor Jeff, we would be so honored if you would visit our church on the way back through. And I'm thinking, it's on the way back through, it's on the side of the road, no big deal. We do have a time limit, but Masaka, we drive right through the middle of Masaka to get there, that's okay. But I said to them, I said, I know you Ugandans, so here's the deal. Number one, please don't feed us. Because I know what you'll do, you'll put together this big elaborate meal and you'll do this whole big service and we'll be there for hours and we just can't. So I'm like, John, tell him, translate, don't feed us and please let him know. And I'm going, it's, it's right in Masaka, right? And John's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and I'm like, so no meals, no big thing. We'll just pop in, spend a few minutes with them, go to the next church and then we'll make our way back to Kampala. Yeah, it's okay, it's okay. That's what they tell us. So we're driving back the next day. We get to Masaka. We turn left on the dirt road. Mm. 45 minutes later, we're still driving. (laughs) And I'm like, John, where are we, man? I'm like, we're in the Congo. John goes, it is not far. It is not (laughs) far. In Uganda, that means we'll get there tomorrow. (laughs) So we get all the way up there and we go to the first church. And it's a small gathering that's there. But we get together and it's great. And We're only there like 10 more minutes or so. And I'm like, I'm like, John, where's this next church? It's not far. I'm like, no, 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 hold on. Exactly how far is this church? It was going to be at least another half hour further out. And so I was like, John, I I don't, I don't know how to say this, but like, we can't go. We have to be back in Kampala. We're already way late. You're going to have to call him and tell him that we can't go, which was a really difficult thing to do, but we had to do it. So we get to Kampala, and John's made the phone call, and John tells me, oh, there were like 30-something people that were gathered at that church all day long waiting for us. And I was like, oh, I'm horrible. So so we gathered together some money. Um, it, It was in the video. It was the church, the first one that you saw us going into there. We gathered some money together, and we sent it with John, and I called the pastor And I said, listen, I'm so, I I just begged his forgiveness. And I said, we're we're sending you some money. Would you please throw a big feast for your church? Like with meat and, you know, stuff like, like a really nice meal for them. And please tell them how sorry we are. And when we come back, the next time we come, we're coming to your church. So we got to meet him on this trip again. And the cool thing was he said, with the money that you sent, we not only were able to do a feast, But we were able to buy school supplies, all the extra stuff like pencils and paper and all this stuff that you have to send your kid to school with. And he was like, our whole village was so blessed by what you had given. So the Lord used it in such an awesome and amazing way. So that part was exciting. Yeah. That was the exciting part. Yeah. The bad part was that he, as we were just talking with him about life in Uganda, he said, yeah, uh, Um, The bad news is our church has been evicted, and we have 30 days now to find another place. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This church has grown. It was huge. And he said, well, the mosque in town, one of the men from the mosque in town was close with one of the town elders. So he starts influencing then they pull the landlord in and start going, why are you letting those people in? You need to drive those people out. Because other churches, uh, especially Catholic churches and mosques, unfortunately, when, you, when they see a thriving uh, uh, Protestant church, they try to drive them out. And so they got to this landlord and convinced him to evict them. And he said, we only have two more weeks and we don't even know where we're going. So that being said... I told him, we'll be in touch. So uh, at the end of service today, there's going to be a couple of men at the door over there. Um, and we're just going to collect a love offering to try to help these guys find a place. Because it's, man, this church is growing and thriving. And of course Satan would attack that, right? Yeah. And so uh, we're gonna, you're going to have opportunity as you're leaving. If you want to give towards that where we can help them get their own piece of land so that no one can kick them off of that. And we can just continue to let that church grow and grow and grow. Um, and, and And over there, I'll tell you guys, like, uh, One million shillings, um, even on the upper end, two million shillings out there in the middle of nowhere, could buy a piece of land. In the first service alone, we gathered nine million shillings this morning. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're yes. looking at it like, man, we, we have an opportunity to make sure that all the different churches that Oasis have planted, that if that law changes, they don't have to go anywhere. So um, if you guys would, just pray about this, and as the service ends, you're going to have opportunity um, to give on, on the way out over there. Um, but we're running out of time, and I thought you should preach to him for a couple of minutes, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah? So um, so we're going to have John—here's here, the great news, man. The, the U.S. government— unbelievably so, gave him a two-year visa. So we've got two years now where we can bring him back and forth and do training and things like that with him. Yeah? Um, This week, uh, this week, he's going to be working with us, with our staff. We're going to be doing some training, giving him some resources and opportunities to learn, even with different people, including uh, like Mike Robinson with Pacific Bible College and others. Uh, John and I are actually going to be part of Cascade Christian High School's Senior Bible Class this coming uh, Friday, so the, the seniors at Cascade get the chance to interact with him about what the, what it looks like to be a Christian in Uganda. Um, this coming Sunday, we're going to try to figure out a way we can do some tag-teaming on the sermon that we'll be doing next Sunday in the book of Luke, Luke. and we're going to ask John to lead our communion service together next week. So uh, we're going to wear him out while we're here, um, and we're going to take him up on Tuesday, up Lake of the Woods, up to the snow. So uh, pray for him while he's up there, yeah? I like
1: that. I like Um, that.
0: But John wanted to take an opportunity to encourage us from the book of Philippians before we close. So grab your Bibles real quick, would you?
1: Father, bless us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen uh when i was thinking what to share with you uh i just came up with this uh, the book of philippians chapter 2 from verse 1 up to 11 but i'm not going to read the whole of it because of time but as you go back you will be able to read it over and over The reason, or the purpose of this letter, why Philip was writing it, he he wanted to thank the church for the gifts which they were sending to him for the work of ministry. But even as he was thanking them, He wanted them also to know this about their gathering and their life as they continue together, living for the gospel. So I came up with this message, living a life worthy of the gospel. Living a life worthy of the gospel. And when we talk about gospel, that is Jesus because all is centered on Jesus Christ as here in my writing or in my gathering i look uh, i was looking at recommendable practices in the church if really one wanted to live worthy of that gospel He is talking about certain things. Let us go into our Bibles and see. He was recommending certain practices as they continued in life, coming together as a church, serving together, and serving others. These are some important issues That we need it not. Because when we gather together, some of us gather for different purposes. But have you ever thought of being like minded? People with the same mind, doing things with the same mind. These people, we are so liberal. And liberal for the gospel they loved much to stand with Paul for the extension of the gospel. And because of that, he couldn't like the church again to get maybe different thoughts, but also as they work together for the gospel, they should have this in mind. As they enter into the area of consolation, enter, enter into the area of comfort, spiritually united those areas are very very important we are a community we come together to to, to worship as we worship the lord there is also what you call a fellowship i don't know what you understand about our fellowship It's also very, very important to note. Consolation, comfort, fellowship. Those areas are very, very sensitive. How do I uh, console someone who is going through difficulties? How do I help someone who is struggling spiritually, financially, physically? he needs my consolation there is what we call empathy whereby when really someone wants to do everything in love he should have what we call empathy empathetic shows that you are so sincere to what you are talking about you are you how you are relating with someone you are coming into someone's life exactly and seeing that real need and also feeling it. Not just a giving because I want to be seen or help a service because I want to be seen, but a service which is touching your heart. Serving with your heart touched. That's why here he's saying these things. He says, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort in love, if, uh, if, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being, uh, being one accord and one mind. Let nothing be done through self-ambition or conceit. Be in la- lowness, of mind let each esteem others better than himself let each or each of you look out of the uh, uh, n- look out not only for his own interest but also for the interest of others as we come together This is very, very important. That love should be the focal point which is going to drive all help us to serve well. If I'm to console, if I'm to comfort, if I'm to go into a fellowship. And this area of fellowship is very, very important because when we come into a fellowship, we, just, we don't just come in to talk, to hear, but also to commune together. And even fellowship helps us that when we come together, we share our interests and our discourages, our loss and our gain. We come in the fellowship to cry together if there is anything. One of us maybe has lost a beloved one. In the fellowship, we comfort one another. In the fellowship, we take it as our own burden. A fellowship. We come in to share discouragement and also the encouragement. We cry together in the fellowship. And this is what we are doing as now you you have heard in our way of fellowshipping, heritage, fellowshipping with what? With always of hope. In encouragement, we fellowship. In luck, we fellowship. We take it to be our own burden. And one thing which I want you to know, that everything to be real and to remain on the gospel, a true gospel, We need to take Jesus as an example. Jesus is our mirror. Jesus reflects all that we need. That's why you see from verses onward, he's talking about Jesus to be the example in how we are doing our ministry, in how we are serving one another. Not so high to esteem ourselves. To look ourselves above all others. But also not to have self ambition. To live a selfless life. To have a self denial. Jesus, could we imagine he left heaven? Came down. He came down. Just to come and fellowship with you, to come and look for you, to come and serve you. Not only that, he left the glory, all that respect. He was in the form of God, and he took the form of man, a sinner, worthy to be condemned. He took our condemnation on the cross, he died. He suffered because of us. He paid the price to have, to, uh, to have us set free. He left all the glory. He left all the, sed- the, 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 the comfortable zo- zones to come and meet us where we are. Could you imagine? Seeing Jesus walking with you, along with you, on the roads of sinners. Sitting in the houses of sinners, eating with them, a holy one. But seeing himself as not holy, he wants to draw out those who are unholy, to take them to the Father. He left all the glory. Even today, This is what I'm looking at. We have, as maybe like our brothers who have been to Africa, when you move all these miles, very far, people were asking me, have you reached? I told them, no. We are now waiting for the last flight to reach. They said, wow. Okay. We shall pray for you. Very far. This time, that is when they knew that it is far, but for sure, even me myself, I have been here seeing them coming, that they are coming from Manfold. I, I couldn't know that it is far like this. I reached here and saw how people, these people were living in their comforts. See the car they were bringing, coming in to take them home from the airport, comfortable cars. You remember our car which we used? When it goes into the bump, then you say, hmm. That is, that is, the, the, the what, the example, they, ha- they are taking the example of Jesus. Amen? Leaving all the comfort. But for the sake of the what? Of the gospel. This is what I'm encouraging all of us to test. Sacrifice. And did you know, when Jesus has done all this, after he has died for the sinners, given all, in all his life for the sinners, that is when the glory was seen. Then I remember the saying, when someone said, no sacrifice, No glory. No sacrifice. No glory. Jesus, after he has suffered, he has done all this, he has died. That is when God again glorified him. And he gave him a name. Above all names that every knee shall bow. We don't need that glory. But we need to walk in the glory of Jesus Christ. No sacrifice. No glory. Brethren... We still still have much to do for the gospel. We We still have much to sacrifice for the gospel. Because no one has ever sacrificed than God. No one has ever given the love like that of God. And if we are here today, and of what we have heard, let us keep on working together
0: amen <clears throat> amen Man, i still can't even get over you being here it's just crazy right it's just crazy who would have known 2007 you'd be out preaching me at heritage you i told you to i told you to dumb it down a little bit man you made me <laughs> You already look better than me, now you're preaching better than me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, so guys, uh, when we go to Uganda, as you may have seen in the videos, when we come into the churches or the homes or whatever, we get mobbed with hugs and all that kind of stuff, so uh, your turn. (laughs) Right. <laughs> All right. Um, so so John's going to be here and would love to be able to meet some of you guys. Remember, there's going to be opportunity to give towards uh, this Masaka church or, or the other churches that Oasis um, has been uh, planting out there. And we just want to continue. We even have to, uh, we, we want to support them because this is so, oh, it's awful. So when we go over there, we always send money in advance to cover the meals and all this kind of stuff. We do a big church family meal. And, and I was asking um, one of our drivers, I was like, so wh- what is that meal like for you? Like, I want to make sure that we were doing right. And he said, he said, that's not like a normal meal. He said, that meal that you, you put on for us when you go, he said, that's like a wedding feast if you're a rich man, is what he was saying. And I was like, perfect, that's what we're shooting for. Um, but the, the bad thing is, is so um, th- we send all that money forward and, and his people cook. Um, and so this year they had to rent like some warming trays and dishes because between the church service and the pastors that we brought in uh, to do the gospel training, they just didn't have enough supplies. And uh, one of the nights, right towards the end of the pastor's conference, we came in the next morning to start the last day of the pastor's conference, and there was a police car at Oasis of Hope. Someone had come in during the night and stole all of that stuff that they had rented. Um, so so even in the money that you guys give, we're going to wire that stuff back so that they can actually pay off Um, What was actually taken while we were there. It was heartbreaking and also not a surprise because, you know, Jesus will attack, Jesus will, I'm sorry, Satan will attack those things. You know what I mean? Um, And let me just tell you this too, church, of all the things that you can be proud of at Heritage Christian Fellowship, there is nothing you can be more proud of than the work that we have the honor of being a part of in Uganda, and it is not us patting ourselves on the shoulder. That very text, he goes on to say that it, Jesus is the one who gives us the will and the to-do for his good pleasure. So we just get to go, I can't believe we get to be a part of this. It's amazing what's actually happening. But the work going on in Uganda is so good. And, and, and I can say, I'm going to brag on you for a second right here too. Um, this man is so unlike so many of the other preachers that are there. Um, when we were there teaching, uh, Pastor Aaron was talking about things like uh, uh, financial accountability and, and uh, um, uh, just being you know, open with people about finances and having really good, ordered, detailed books and all this kind of stuff. And some of the pastors there were really, really surprised that we were talking about this, while others were really excited about what we were saying. And what we found out is many pastors in Uganda, they believe that the tide that comes in is just theirs. And so there's a lot of pastors of churches that live well while their people live poorly. And so we had to deal with that. In fact, uh, our translator during one of the breaks pulled me and Aaron aside, and he said, ha, 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 brothers, you have poked the lion in the eye. (laughs) Uh, But it went really, really well. Um, But but this guy right here, let me tell you, um, what do you got, like 17, 18 people living in your house right now? Something like that? Um, John just opens the door for anyone who needs help to live inside his home one of his own daughters who was coming to be a part of uh coming from out of town to come be a part of what we were doing while we were there had to stay with someone else because i was like you're not staying with john and she goes there's no room um so this guy um has been a model of that stuff that he's talking about with us and when we see what he's a part of and the mercy he has i'll actually say this too Several people told me before we left, they were so excited that he was coming. Like churches were just like, he's going to America. They were so excited. But several people at your church at Oasis of Hope literally like pulled me aside and they were like, please take care of my pastor. We need him, was what they were saying. Um, So we have to make sure you get back safe (laughs) or I'm in big trouble. (laughs) Yeah, as he has said, there
1: are some people just... Whom um, I've been staying with, I got some of them. They come when they are, they have nowhere to stay, and they come to me they s- to stay with me. You know, when someone's rejected, disowned, mm-hmm. with that social uh, rejection, the way to bring them back again to line, and be able also to do something for themselves, mm-hmm. because when someone is depressed he can't even think well about his life. Mm. So just refreshing him and bringing him back or her back so that she may see how she can, oh, he can cope up with the community again mm. and also start working, developing. Yeah. That's those people who stay with me, that's the work I do in their lives, mm. counseling them like that.
0: And I'll say this about him too. I don't know if I told you this or not. I can't remember. But, um, so his daughter, Judith, just got married last year. Judith is one of my favorite people on the face of the earth. She's just an amazing young woman. And she just got married in Uganda. They still have the dowry system, something I'm working on with my own daughters for the future. Um, but if your daughter is prized... Um, then your value goes up, up, up. And Judith is a beautiful woman. She's a uh, incredible singer. She's got a great job. She's educated. You know, all this kind of stuff. So I was like, so Judith, tell me, like, what'd you get? <laughs> like, like, what what did dad get for you? Because I'm thinking, man, she must have brought in, like, some money. And she was like, oh, not not much. My dad didn't want to do it. So I pulled John aside. I'm like, what's the matter with you, <laughs> Judith? Look, <laughs> how did you not get money for Judith? And, and he goes, they're starting out their life. Why would I put them in debt when they're trying to start out their life and have them put that stuff off? He was like, families use that as like this greedy opportunity to make money off the backs of their children. I want them to start their life. So I didn't really take anything. And so, so I just say that. <clears throat> yeah. So the reason I'm saying that is I, I just want you to know that we are connected with the right guy, with the right heart, and the Lord has led us to a right work. So please continue to pray for Uganda. Continue to pray for this guy. Pray about those laws, man. May the Lord not uh, uh, allow that to happen. Um, but if, if the Lord does allow that to happen, then pray how we respond so that we make sure the gospel keeps going forward in Uganda um, a- a- until the day that Jesus comes again. Amen?
1: Uh, Pastor, excuse yeah. me. There is something which I want to, to appreciate. We had Acts... Uh conference seminar in Kampala Mm -hmm. and uh, this church was able to stand with us to take 16 pastors they were transported and even got good accommodation they were taken in the hotel some of them would have never even got a chance to stay in such a hotel and even some of them after we were coming out they were saying pastor is it Then I told them that no, I heard this money is coming from our sister church which you have got all this support. They said, is it true? They also get surprised. They have never stayed. They have never lived. They think that what they are doing is just there. But taking them to such particular places, staying there, it values them. There is a way you have rewarded you have motivated them to work for Christ because that is a motivation and for sure. You are in their hearts. I want to tell you, children are in your hearts. The community we are in, you are in their hearts. The church, the fellowship, and all other people, pastors, you are in their hearts. Mm. They are praying for you.
0: Amen. 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 Come on, you guys get up on your feet, will, would you? I'm going to ask Pastor John to close us in prayer. And uh, I think you should do it in your native language, and we'll just amen right along. Amen? Can you close us in prayer,
1: Pastor? Yeah. Thank you. Bwebira ya wali nevizu. Avaluade. Mukama gwekatonde ya zuki saridia. Dalkas. Mukama no mukomako, ko. Mumbera ze alimu. Gwekatonde ya kola. Mvulamu fi, filipe. Kola ne kanisenu. Tu kilizo kwa gala Tu Bayambe. Imira wakati Mumbera Bayimuse. Bayu Bakula akulanye. era mukama, Balage Eritakoma let your blessing continue upon them bless them more touch them more fill them with all thy goodness that they may also rejoice because of their labor keep us in one in, 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 in unity and keep us to be one wherever we are touch us more revive us more continue with us in jesus name i pray
0: amen Amen. Can we give it up one more time for Pastor John? Yeah Yeah uh, So Mukama uh, Okoe Amakisa, Yesu Boonji. That means, may you go with God's blessing and Jesus is good. He is our Lord. Amen? Amen. Now come mob Pastor John. love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. God bless. By the way, study Luke Tip 21 on your own. We'll skip it.